0: Welcome to Everyone Has a Podcast Podcast, an exploration of popular and wayward podcast content. Join hosts Emily and Angela as they uncover topics you never knew you wanted to know about. Hello, and welcome to Everyone Has a Podcast Podcast, the TLC R I P edition. I'm Emily. I'm Angela. And in this episode, we'll be taking a look at the infamous life and the tragic death of Lisa Left Eye Lopez. And which podcast inspired our podcast this month?
1: This one is called Disgraceland. It's an award-winning podcast uh, hosted by Jake Brennan that explores the alleged true crime antics and criminal connections of musicians that we love. Really good one. This one this this week that we listened to was Lisa Left Eye Lopez. Hit me again and I'll burn your house down. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Great. And I've actually listened to this one before, but I was feeling a little bit nostalgic from our last episode. We were talking about the 80s kind of situation. So I was like, let's roll with it. Let's see where it takes us. Let's roll so, into the 90s. Uh, I mean, yeah, just the natural progression. <clears throat> Absolutely. So... Um. This for anyone who doesn't know who Lisa Left Lopez is, just turn off the podcast, go away. But <laughs> right, we're talking about TLC. We're talking about this r group from the '90s. Um, basically, you, Angela, and myself, we were obsessed with them in middle school because that's that was when messed. "Like Waterfalls" came out. I think we were in eighth grade.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, um, children, gather round. Listen up to the elders. Um, there was a time where radio stations, that's the thing in your car, um, you they did these uh, countdowns of the most popular song of the day. The so- You would call in on a telephone and you would request the song. Now, then at the end of the day, they would do the countdown, the top five requested songs of the day. And Angela, you and I, we sat in your driveway, mm-hmm. in your van, And we had it turned up and we would listen to this countdown and we would freak out like for an entire summer or whatever, when waterfalls hit number one every single day.
1: Well, the biggest thing that I remember about that is they would play waterfalls with the Lisa, Lisa, left eye Lopez rap. And then we were trying to memorize it so we could actually like redo the rap on our own. (laughs) It's true. They wouldn't play just the regular short uh, radio edit version. They were playing (laughs) the rap.
0: They were playing, yes, the extended rap edition of it. So needless to say, this Lisa Left Eye Lopez, this specific musician and the group that she was in, had significance in our youth. And I think a lot of people that grew up listening to, you know, Top 40 stuff. Um, Absolutely. yeah. Yeah. Okay. So TLC was made up of
1: T. Boz. Mm-hmm. She was the one with the low voice. Uh, Left Eye. So she's like kind of the crazy one slash the rapper, and she'd always wear those like cute little outfits. And then Chili. Yeah. The dancer. We ne- we never really heard much drama <sighs> about Chili.
0: No, not at all. Not really. Um but that was them right they they each brought like their own unique aspect making like this like super cool r&b girls band i guess you could call it now in this episode um we got a little backstory right about Mm -hmm. lisa her upbringing she was um, raised by her father who of course was abusive was an alcoholic was really strict Except for when it came to alcohol consumption, which he freely gave to Lisa at a very young age and encouraged it, right? Like that was the way that they bonded together was through drinking. So if you could imagine you and I rocking out as middle schoolers to TLC, when she was in middle school, she was getting, you know, wasted with her dad. It's so nuts, isn't it?
1: No, no. And the fact that he was such a strict father and wanted to control so many things about the kids' lives that then he, at at that point in time, he was just like, oh no, here, have a beer. Here, have a beer. It's all good.
0: <laughs> right. Or, you know, kind of a, I'm a sinking ship. I'm going to grab anyone to come down with me. Kind of very sad thing. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um... Okay, so so she created then this this drunk alter ego, Nikki hmm. Yeah it was Lisa and Nikki, but Nikki was the the more, I guess less uh inhibited person <laughs> within her mind um and and Nikki was the the creative one, right?
0: Lisa, Lisa herself the was. Best. The, this creative, kind of shy introvert, a poet, you know, had all these really big dreams for herself. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like you said, Nikki was the drunk party girl, pure energy, taking it like to monster energy drink level 100. just And no filter, getting herself into a lot of trouble too, right? Starting fights, talking shit throwing things, just like, you know, kind of unhinged, if you will. I feel like Nikki truly was the crazy one. And she just lived in Lisa's body.
1: Now, I will say, I did rewatch uh, the VH1 Behind the Music documentary <gasps> on Lisa Left Eye Lopez. Um, <sighs> in the last days. This is the one, I don't know if you uh, have seen it or if you remember it, but this is the one that literally has footage up until the time of the accident that she died.
0: My God, I barely remember watching that.
1: It It is not so crazy, but she talks a lot about her upbringing as well and about how um her, her dad would think it was funny, like it was a party trick that she could actually drink so much and then not be completely drunk. And so she would then overdrink so that people would be entertained by the fact that she could drink so much and still be sticking up, which is just a whole nother level of crazy abusive.
0: Uh, it is oh my god so folks if you want to go watch that did where did you find it As I found YouTube? it on YouTube <laughs> okay cool oh my god it makes me sad I, I got pretty sad listening to this even though like the the format of this podcast is cool I know you mentioned Ange. I want to know your opinion on that you said you weren't a huge fan of it um but he's yeah, I
1: think kind we of just... can talk about that after the after we talk <laughs> about all of this other stuff
0: that's true that's true so So far, we've met Lisa. We know that she is creative. She has big dreams for herself. She wants to act. She wants to dance. She wants to model. She's a designer, an illustrator, like multi-talented person here. She has this alter ego, Nikki, drunk Nikki, uh, who, you know, as we know more about people and their situations, this may have been like her way of coping with that part of her life right is having to create this other character in her life that could handle that kind of stuff whereas the kind of timid lisa needed to be protected basically she was protecting herself in the way that she knew how to and that like made me so sad <laughs> yes
1: yes you feel for for young lisa um i i do remember the the quip about she moved to atlanta which had the the beginning of the kind of music movement and arts movement mm-hmm that stuff uh with 750 bucks in her pocket but somehow got, like hooked up with a couple groups um, one of them had t baz in it and then they formed tlc with t baz left eye and chili which so is epic. epic they made so a epic. couple albums yeah um over a, a few years but they were part of this whole I love this part of the podcast where they're talking about the social conscious movement of, mm-hmm. of Um, Cause you know, we're, I, I feel like AIDS sometimes is an afterthought nowadays because there's so many ways to treat HIV or people. Um, m- maybe it's just that people are practicing safer sex on the regular, but in the nineties, it still wasn't that way. Correct. <laughs> and so Salt and pepper, uh, salt and pepper. Who am I?
0: <laughs> salt and pepper. Pepper. Say, girl, go away.
1: <laughs> uh seeing so about like issues um like AIDS and safe sex and all of that being like thrust towards us of the MTV mm-hmm. generation. Um that was a huge, huge push. And I love the fact that um they they always had that as kind of a, a standing point in the group
0: absolutely they were very outspoken they were very um with the current times and things affecting the youth you know the population at the time using their music not just as like entertainment but to like uh share a message Mm -hmm. and I think that was really popular in that time not necessarily popular but like a lot of groups are doing that and I love that I think that was really like you know kind of edgy and um Although my parents really had a problem with me listening to "Let's Talk About Sex," <laughs> they're like, "Turn that off." Of course they would. Yeah, of course.
1: Um But even got to like Lisa, like had pinned her like uh, condom to her pants. Let's not let's let's not pin condoms to pants because you know that's a way to get a hole in a condom. So, but let's you know, it, <laughs> well, don't use uh, it
0: after uh, pinning it to your pants. Yes. <laughs> Uh, but the group themselves
1: were talking about safe sex and bringing it kind of into the mainstream. Mm-hmm. And um, that was really great. But what what else was like Lisa part of the group for? Like, what did she add into the group besides her uh, awesome rhymes?
0: Uh, yes, she, well, like we mentioned, she was really creative. She really took charge in um, creating the group's outfits, kind of using them as billboards to speak about the topics that mattered to them. Um, And like, you can see that with the condom piece and, you know, she really stepped up as like designing stage sets, uh, music video vibes, um, the group image basically. And so when a lot of groups of the time were using like the African flag or the Rasta flag colors, she was um, bringing like a new, I don't know, like new images, new colors, like a different vibe than most of what hip hop was doing. And so that, they really stood out because they were, I mean, I think they were creating a very unique, maybe subgenre of hip hop or R&B um, mm-hmm. that had never been done before, or at least that hadn't made it to mainstream music. And they looked crazy, right? Like no one was wearing clothes like them. No one was doing music videos like them. No one was doing like dances like them. It was
1: it was a good time to be alive. College, the like, I remember getting like the big pants that would just fit around your hips. <laughs> and, uh, oh, thank goodness, crop tops are back. Just yeah. in, time in our forties. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, after the group's initial success, they it, there was kind of a struggle for Lisa, right?
0: Uh huh. She was partying um, a lot partying drinking drinking Nikki was coming out oh yeah she was so this alter ego right was I don't know if I if I saw it as like self-sabotage but I saw it as like I don't know I don't know what she was doing because she was really clear on the like the goals and things she wanted to achieve for herself but the drinking really I mean it was just an addiction for her I think at that point point. So and it's pop getting... in the
1: industry in general, right? Mm-hmm. Lots of partying, lots of all the things.
0: Lots of partying. I think she did do something pretty brave, crazy, if you will, where um you know, in the podcast, you mentioned that after they had won just a bunch of Grammys, that she was talking shit on the the music industry or calling mm-hmm. them out. Let's say. Uh, because she's like, well, we've won all these Grammys, but we're actually broke. We have no money because, um, our producers and our record label are stealing money from us or not mm-hmm. paying us what we rightfully have earned. So she that made her not popular, if you could imagine, with <laughs> record labels in general. They're like, oh, we don't want someone you know blabbing all of our shady, shady, shady secrets.
1: Secrets. Mm-hmm. Our business, exactly.
0: Business. Yes
1: um okay it was kind of like a multiple personality thing going on can you tell me the difference between like so we've talked about Nikki a bit mm-hmm. we've talked about Lisa a little bit mm-hmm. and then, um this podcast brought up Nina which is the first time I've ever heard this well
0: this personality okay and you you watched the behind the music and Nina was never Nina wasn't mentioned in fact they didn't really mention the multiple personality and I mean it was
1: a lot of it was focused on her time in Honduras Mm -hmm. um after uh the waterfalls came out and Mm -hmm. that came out then it was just kind of um she was obsessed with going to Honduras all the time okay Um, and there was different other spiritual aspects that they were discussing but right That said, can you tell me about like how Nikki, Lisa, Nina Mm -hmm. kind of interacted um, based on this podcast?
0: Yeah. So this is really interesting um, because it was just brought up, right? It was like, he, he explained these, these characters and then went on with it. But I'm like, wait, hold, hold up, back up. Because there's something like wrong, not wrong, but there's something that needs to be addressed with this woman. She has created Nikki, um, who is this drunk party girl who just rages, who says and does whatever she wants, zero Fs given, um, dangerous maybe to herself and others around her at times, but re- but also like the life of the party. Like people were just like, this chick's wild. And then Lisa, of course, she hung back. She was quiet. She was the poet. She was always thinking about creating um, music and lyrics and things like that. Nina... Was apparently this third personality, who was kind of the referee between Nikki and Lisa, because Nikki and Lisa did not get along, right? So this self saboteur, who is Nikki, um, was being refed by Nina. Apparently, who tried to keep the peace between these two, or you know, at least try to create like this balance of like, okay, how can we take this wild child and this quiet artist and live together in this one body for me that is the most interesting i'm like let's just talk about that let's just Mm -hmm. like read a book about that because i mean what are your thoughts on these three personalities distinct
1: strange it's a very strange way to go about life and it's and it kind of screams to me like compartmentalization a little bit like uh, i can't deal with it so my other personality has to deal with this um which I can kind of get but you're thinking about like partying and in a tumultuous life and a tumultuous growth I'm sure that that's like that compartmentalization kind of came out of it Mm -hmm. um just so crazy and I mean the drama just continued right because then she hooked up with her boyfriend uh Atlanta Falcon uh, oh am I gonna say his name wrong Andre Risen I think so uh And, and they moved in together um, and uh, in the actual, in the documentary, Mm. what happened was um, they, so he originally came up to her and was just very gentlemanly and very, like very nice and very kind. And she went to his mansion and there was nothing in the mansion. Like it wasn't furnished. Mm. Like, why, why don't you have furniture? And he was like, I've been waiting for you to furnish it for you to like make it a home. So okay. she kind of like moved in and never left. <laughs> okay. Um, however, there were problems, weren't there? Yes.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, I think they both uh, had an alcohol problem. Uh, drunks, drinking, lots of that, lots of jealousy. He was a cheater constantly just not even hiding it, um, got very violent um, when he was drinking, and so did Lisa. Um, I think she had eventually caught him sleeping with another woman in their house, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and, um, you know, a lot of his actions, those things inspired the song Creep, Mm -hmm. right? Yep. But the message there being, you cheat on me, I'm going to give it right back to you. Right. But...
1: Functional, I'd say.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's how it goes. But really, Lisa, the the artist, the the quiet, pensive artist, she really just wanted stability and, uh, you know, a committed relationship.
1: Absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. However, now we've reached 1994, where he was having some wild times down, whatever. So she decided to dish back. Uh, and she dressed up and went out to party, and and just came home at five a.m. And he wasn't even home yet. He wasn't even home yet. No. Yeah. But he came home right after. Saw how she was dressed. Um, how and, and then like an argument began, and he was like uh, yelling, and then they were throwing things at each other. And Andre definitely hit her. Mm-hmm. And you remember uh, this part is is covered in the podcast and in the documentary where. They had kind of resolved their fight at some point in time that morning, I guess. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Not that night anymore, but that morning. But then she went and looked at herself in the mirror and she could see like the harm that he had done to her face and got pissed off all over again. And that's the infamous uh taking it like seeing all of his shoes just stacked up in the closet and being like he's so selfish and he's so uh ridiculous and then threw all the shoes in the bathtub uh doused them in lighter fluid and then set them on fire and then uh well yeah then the
0: house burned down yeah <laughs> then the house burned down. exactly and so i she- remember
1: when this happened
0: me too i do remember the news mtv news
1: yep And I do remember being like, she's so crazy. She's so ridiculous. I can't believe she burned his house down. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And all of the news was about that, about how she did wrong. No one talked about the bruises on her face.
0: No, not at all. That he, yeah, everything, it it was very easy to um, pin it on her. I mean, just like if you look at- um, a high school situation, right? There was a party, a house party at someone's house and all the football players were there, but you can't get the football players in trouble because they have state next month (laughs) or something. You know what I mean? So it's like, he definitely had better lawyers or it's just easier to pin it on like a crazy female, like losing her mind versus like a drunk football player. Yep. Um, So,
1: I mean, that that thrust her going into like rehab and kind of like turning over a new leaf right kind of cleared her mind and um she she wrote the don't go chasing waterfalls
0: oh to me this is like her van gogh moment where he you know after he cut off his ear he was sent to like that rest and respite place um a loony bin basically and as he looked out the window of his room and that's when he saw the starry night scene and he painted it. I feel like that is Lisa's van Gogh yep. moment. Yep. Where she's in rehab. Her mind is clear. She wrote, Don't go chasing waterfalls. I mean, that is such an iconic song of the nineties. It's still played on radio stations today. Right. People know it. Teenagers now, middle school, high school students know it from, you know, the current generation. It's it it has lost nothing in the like 20 years, 20 plus years that it's come out. Like it's, it's timeless. And I think then 20 more years, it's still going to be just like a golden oldie. You're just like, oh yeah, that's the jam.
1: It is the jam. <laughs> golden oldie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. Um, uh, I guess after that album came out, um, Lisa kind of fell out with the group. Um, she knew she was like capable, um, with a clear head, and and she signed with um, like she was talking to David Bowie, I believe, and like signed with another record company, yeah. and that's when she started kind of going on trips, um, and then headed to Honduras for a retreat, and this is the famed retreat. Mm-hmm and i guess when she got there she was just having kind of some premonitions that that death was close yeah um and do you want to do you want to continue oh. yeah
0: of course so you know she's she's sober now she's created one of the most iconic songs of a generation she signed with death row records she's yeah. going to be creating an album with bowie like you said like these are huge positive things happening in her life she yep. Like you said, going to Honduras, let's take a retreat. Let's just like take it to the next level of my career. Having premonitions, having some paranoia, seeing signs, things like that. Um, her nurse assistant decide to go on a drive and just like chill out, get their minds out of whatever. It's at night. They end up hitting a 10 year old boy um, mm-hmm. and he ends up dying at the hospital. Complete so- accident. Through that. Exactly. Through that. I mean, in like we've traveled to Central America, we know that there's no sidewalks (laughs) outside of the cities. right So you can imagine, and maybe not even streetlights, that's not as common in rural areas. So I 100% believe that that's very possible. There's always, there's animals, there's children, there's families, there's people using the streets or the roads as sidewalks. Yep. And if you're going around a turn, there's no street lights. The possibility is very great. So unfortunately this poor kid dies. She feels so guilty. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she, she pays back the family, you know, hospital bills and funeral and all of that and pays her respects. And she still feels, she's just totally eaten up by this guilt. Um, and that's when, right? These premonitions are getting worse. She's seen signs. She thinks she's evil spirits following her, right?
1: In the documentary, they actually said that um she thought that maybe death got the wrong person. Death was going for her that night and instead uh, got the boy. And so mm-hmm. she just felt like it was just looming right behind her, which I can't even imagine. Um,
0: And then that's when- well- Yes. Hold, hold that thought though. I mean, cause this is another thing that isn't even discussed. It's like, this is possibly paranoia, schizophrenia, right? Oh, when you, when a person is, uh, uh, um, seeing illusions that aren't there, whatever that's called, there's a word for it. <laughs> um, you know, they're seeing things, they're possibly, you know, she's coming, remember she's coming from like having multiple personalities that she's used and engaged with her entire life to cope with the trauma that she's sustained in her childhood. Um, and now she's convinced that death is out to get her. Um, you know, I think maybe if you know at some point if she was like religious or if like i don't know if she's honduran um you know if it was maybe like a cultural thing like i understand that of like kind of being able to see signs and spirits and things like that but it sounds a little not as comforting as it would if it was like oh you know i'm in touch with the spirits it was like bad right it was bad mm-hmm. <laughs> it was bad was bad so she goes on a drive. She drives too fast. She loses control. And she totals her vehicle and dies almost instantly. She was the only
1: person that died. And she had her seatbelt on and everything. Um but the vehicle looked pretty broken up and dead at age 30. It's it's kind of crazy how many people we've lost that are artists um before their time. Wow. Well, and thanks, Emily. We'll see you next month. See you next month.
0: Thanks for listening to everyone has a podcast podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode as we explore stuff you never knew you wanted to know.